great Jersey baseball show today as we talk to one of the top uh, college baseball players and Jack over the last decade or so now uh, on his own journey um, in independent ball. Um, some of the other things going on with Tommy McCarthy. Uh, you, if you uh, are watching this show, I'm sure you know his father calls some games and Tommy gets to experience some of that too. And uh, got a lot of stories to uh, to kick off um, today's show with. So we welcome Tommy McCarthy to uh Jersey baseball show and how, how we're how we doing? Good, good. Thanks for having me. I'm excited about it. Hundred percent. Let's uh, let's talk. Let's get people up to date um, on your career since uh, since the, uh, the the TCNJ days. And Jack baseball player of the year 2018. A couple of championship rings you can show off if you want. Uh, 2017, <laughs> 2019. You know, obviously it's tough enough to win the NJAC once, let alone twice. Um, but since then. You know, since then, post COVID, you've kind of taken the in, indie ball route. You've had the chance to to do that, and uh, I think we're rehabbing a little bit now. But let's let's get us yeah. everybody up to date where uh, where Tommy McCarthy, the player, is at this point. Yeah, so I graduated from TCNJ in 2019, and uh, like a lot of guys, I really didn't know exactly what I wanted to do out of school. I definitely want to keep playing, and uh, I want to stay in the game. So I originally actually took a job as the assistant, one of the volunteer assistant coaches at Ryder. And um, so I was running camps, going recruiting and stuff, and then ended up getting a call in the middle of August asking for a team in Gary, Indiana, if I could meet them in Lincoln, Nebraska the next day. So I said, absolutely. And I <laughs> took a flight out that night or, and uh, met the team there. And since then, I played there the last two weeks of 19. And uh, during COVID 2020, I was supposed to go back, but ended up playing with the uh, over in Somerset with Somerset Patriots and New Jersey Blasters. And uh, since then, played this past year in uh, Gary, like uh, you said, got a little rehab going on. I ended up breaking my foot during the middle of the year, so uh, rehabbing that. But uh, trying to look forward to next year, see what uh, the plans are moving forward. So what's indie ball life like? I mean, it's like you literally, from probably day one of, of birth, I think your dad was still uh, very much – um, the voice of the Trenton Thunder at that point. So you literally, you literally started life in the in the minor leagues, um, yeah. and and now uh, now playing indie ball. But but tell us what it's like, you know, for those of us who who don't really know, you know, life in the Midwest, um, you know, the indie ball experience. I mean, it's something that's. Yeah, I'm sure you've got stories that could fill for hours. Um. Yeah. Absolutely. And honestly, I think the first thing that like you think of indie indie ball and like I someone said this to me one of my first days he goes think of the name it's indie individual like indie you're by your like you got to do things on your own and like really it's a grind like everybody says and um living in Indiana like Gary Indiana you'll hear there's some tough stories about the town of Gary Indiana but uh I enjoyed it honestly I really did it was a completely different experience I something that a lot of people don't know I actually lived in a nursing home this year that was my host family, technically. Me and two other, three other guys were put in a, what we were told was an apartment, and it was de definitely a nursing home. So that was one of the craziest things. Did not expect my first year to live in a nursing home. But, I mean, it's crazy because you see guys like, guys that you watched in the big leagues last year, like Bud Norris was in Winnipeg, came down, we were played against him, uh, and, like, seeing, like, arms that I watched growing up and things like that. And then guys that like myself, like a division three guy, like they're, you always hear people say like, if there's talent, they'll find it. And 
independent ball, you you see that talent. There are some really talented players in any ball. And you said growing up in the minor leagues and stuff like that, I've always been kind of around those kind of stadiums and those kind of environments and seeing those kind of things happen. So it really was kind of cool to me, like, to be a part of it because, like, most kids, my dream growing up was to be a professional baseball player and to walk around the stadium and kind of, like, look around different places, like going to cities that I never thought I'd ever go to, like Fargo, North Dakota, like, Sioux Falls, uh, Iowa, Sioux City, or Sioux Falls, South Dakota, Sioux City, Iowa. Um, a lot of cities that those flyover states that you hear about that uh, never really thought I'd get to playing baseball at them, which is pretty cool. People in the Midwest, a little, a little different lifestyle than, uh, than back home. It's a way different. It's very slow. And it, like to an extent, like it's definitely an adjustment, honestly. And then no, this is like number one Jersey thing. I came home first day I'm driving I was driving from Indiana to right to Ocean City New Jersey and I'm going through Philly and I hear honking again and I'm like okay I'm home and we're back because when you're in Indiana people are nope you go first you go first and just like letting you go and then come back to Jersey you got the honking and road rage is back yeah but but the uh, but the pizza is a little bit better the pizza is way better I had a lot of dominoes while I was out there yeah it's either dominoes or deep dish and that's a that's an acquired yeah. you know that's I don't know that that's I enjoy it, but I don't know that that's really pizza. It's almost like a uh, no. it's like a casserole with pizza ingredients, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's on it's its own dish. Yeah. Yeah. So so what's uh, one memory of of independent ball that you can share that, you know, obviously the town is pretty good. I mean, probably better than, um, you know, what most people would think, you know, for for independent ball. But you know, that, that one, one story you could share that, you know, maybe the lifestyle isn't quite the glamorous lifestyle that people associate with professional baseball. Oof. I'll start it off with your travel arrangements. I mean, for me, like, I was kind of used to it. Like we didn't travel much at TCNJ only real overnight trip or long trip. We did to a hotel was when we would go to the NCAA tournament and our trip to Florida every year. So I was used to a 24 hour bus ride down to Florida, but the travel is like we're driving 17 hours overnight, get to a hotel at 9 a.m., sleep till noon or one, and then you're at the stadium at two. So, I mean, what that's definitely, I think, the stuff behind the scenes that nobody really like you see when you know about baseball and stuff like that. But um, it was definitely stuff like a lot of things that you kind of take for granted almost, like even at school, like being able to like an NJAC, we were right smack in the middle of the state. So we were home every single night, even before road game, being able to sleep in your own bed and being able to just get up. And even if it was at 6 a.m., we'd leave for a game at Ramapo on a Saturday. Like I'm still in my own bed and sleep in a, in a living room on an air mattress in a nursing home wasn't uh, always the most glamorous uh, sleeping arrangements. Right now, but now your off season job is kind of a unique one, right? In, in, in the fact yeah. that, you know, people know, obviously, your your dad is, has been the uh, voice of the Phillies or one of the voices of the Phillies since you were in diapers pretty much, right, early 2000. Um, but also, you know, he, he's so versatile in his career that he's grown in his, his college basketball assignments, doing the NCAA tournament for the first time last year, um, you know, pro football, doing the NFL. So, so what do you get to do here as part of your job and also a pretty cool way to spend some extra time with him? Yeah, absolutely. My brother and I have been pretty fortunate, especially with the opportunities that he's given us, but that he's been given as well. I mean, like you said, we grew up around the game. He started in 
94, 95, I think with the Trent Thunder. And I was born in 97. So I literally was born to the stadium and my mom didn't work at the stadium, but like she worked at the stadium. She would do and stuff like the, there, the money sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. We were there from the moment we woke up to the moment we went to bed. So there's pictures of us like walking around the clubhouse with like in when we were two years old and stuff like that. So we've been around the game and we literally would sit on his lap when he would call games like for the Trent Thunder and stuff like that. And um, so we've kind of always been in the booth with him and been around it, which has always given us kind of the want to do it. And it is what my brother's decided to do. He's done it for about the past five years. But um, yeah, so now ever since now that he works with CBS, uh, when he works with CBS, they, he gets to bring his own spotter and his own st stack guys. So spotters, my job usually for football is I stand right next to him and I just kind of he's got a giant chart with everybody's name, all the information about these guys. I just kind of point to who made the tackle and just say like this running back came into the game. So he's kind of got, I'm kind of his eyes as he's just kind of going over the game. And then my brother, um, he's usually a stack guy. So he's the one saying uh, it's going to be like, they're one for seven on third down or something like that. And different things like that, hand him notes. And I do the same thing for basketball. So I'm a huge college basketball fan. So that to me, like I, I follow the NFL for sure, but I'm not a huge football guy, but I love basketball. So like last week we were at, University of Michigan for San Diego State versus Michigan and going from a guy at TCNJ at Packer Hall which I love don't get me wrong Packer Hall a nice small <laughs> environment but you don't get that at D3 level that was that was a cool environment and things like that like going to these different games like um, going all over like states that I've never been to just because of football like going to Denver Colorado we've been to and uh, Arizona and all these different places and that's why I definitely uh we were talking earlier, post-playing career, definitely thinking about it just because there's so, like I've been around it my entire life and I see the opportunities that he's been given. But um, it's been awesome to be along for the ride and kind of see my brother started up to now because I always hear stories about my dad's days in the minor leagues and stuff like that and seeing my brother go through it now and talk about the grind of the minor leagues. It's the same thing for a reporter or broadcaster. He's my brother substitute teaches all day and then he goes and he's calling a so uh, soccer or lacrosse or basketball game at night. So um, seeing him kind of go through it is kind of cool and definitely uh, makes me kind of think about wanting to do it. Definitely. Now, you had a pretty interesting experience because of because of Patrick's unique experience this year in that, you know, he was filling in for, for your dad when he was out, I guess, covering yeah. preseason football. Right. Yeah. So. So, so he at age 26, you know, the voice of the Iron Pigs gets called up for a, a weekend and a couple games to, to, to cover the, you know, to, to do the Phillies, which so Sandy, I, I couldn't even imagine doing something like that at that age, you know, sitting with, uh, sitting with Ruben Amar Jr. and calling the game for, yeah. uh, for, for, for television. But what was it like, you know, you know, obviously watching him get to do that is, is kind of, was kind of a crazy thing. And, and the game that he, the first game he got to do was, uh, was pretty interesting one too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He, so the two games he got to do were when we looked at the schedule, we saw we're on the road in San Diego and we we're like, Oh my gosh, like, that's going to be awesome. First of all. And like, definitely like we, I knew about it, like probably a week or week and a half beforehand that there was a possibility because I was still out in Indiana at the time. And so my mom had, was just there visiting me for my birthday. And she like told me like, my dad had just called and said like, so there's a real chance that Pat's going to fill in. And we were just like, okay, cool. And then when it actually came down to it, my whole family, we were at a, a party for one of my younger cousins and we all went back to my house after, and there were like 30 people just sitting on the deck watching and like 
none of them feel like not a lot of them big baseball fans like my mom's side of the family is Yankee fans and so we're all sitting there locked in on the Phillies I know it's tough but uh <laughs> they're all from the North Jersey area yeah, they're, and, uh, they're allowed I guess they're yeah outside. and uh so we're all sitting there and just kind of just seeing him come on TV and like start the open like it it really does even give me goosebumps just to think about now like because that to us like we used to sit in our bedrooms and while we're playing video games or something, we're announcing our video games. Like, so like going from days of like, want, like wanting to do it and always thinking about doing it, like at 26 years old, being in the big leagues, like whether you're broadcasting, playing or anything, like my dad always, cause Pat is very eager to get going and he wants to move on, like find a good spot and move up in the world. Like anybody else does. We want to move up the ranks every year. And my dad goes, you're 26. I didn't get a, my first broadcasting job with the Thunder till I was 26. Right. And meanwhile, he was 21 years old doing double A with the Phillies when he yeah. was still in college. So um, his your dad, your dad was covering high school, uh, whatever sports with me. And, and... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He was uh, I didn't I had not even known all the different things that he'd done. He was say going to these field hockey games and just writing about field hockey. And yep. oh, man. Yeah. Some of the stories, his start make a. Uh, Pat starts seem a little more glamorous. A little bit, yeah. 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 Um, but so the game starts, his first game, and 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 Aaron Noll is pitching, and uh, takes him about like a minute and a half to go through six innings, and and nobody's on base, right? Eighteen yeah. up, eighteen down. And we're and the thinking best that's... part about that is like we're obviously nobody wants to jinx it or anything like that, and me and uh, our one buddy are sitting there like watching the game, and like we kind of keep looking at each other, like, are we sure this is happening? Like. And we were group chat, like, with five of the guys that he lived with in college that we both played with. And at one point, like, probably in the fourth, fifth inning, we're like, okay, we got to stop tech. Like, we got to make a new group chat and, like, take him out of this. Like, because – and at one point, he texted us and just goes, oh, boy, dot, dot, dot. Like, it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> and I texted my dad saying, like, could you imagine if this happens? And he goes, what? And I go, like, are you not watching? And he goes, no, I told you that. And it turned out my dad, the game that first game Pat did in the big leagues, couldn't even watch the game because our MLB at bat account had so many of our relatives signed in on it because they wanted to watch Pat that my dad signed in late. and wasn't even able to watch it. So I just texted him. I go 18 up, 18 down. He goes, got it. That's it. And <laughs> that was the rest of the conversation. But yeah, it was, uh, it was crazy. Cause he came home that night and like, he was almost like shaking, like, I can't believe that just happened and stuff like that. And then the next day, I think he kind of found his groove and I think the Phillies had like four or five home runs. And like, yeah. every time he like made a home run call, we were texting in our group chat. We're like, Oh, is that going to be his home run call? Like what's it going to be? <laughs> and uh, it was funny. Cause he, he changed it up like three different times. And then he went back to the same one, which is uh, I can still remember his turn and watch it fly. And I was like, I think that might be our winner. Or something. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that was, that was pretty incredible, honestly. And uh, to see him kind of experience that. And then for him, it just like, that's the taste almost like a player. You get like that call up as a player and all you want to do is I know what it's, I know what the taste is like, I know what it feels like, and I want to get back there. And that's, it's kind of cool to see him be in that mindset right now. And uh, just like, he's searching any, like he wants to get better in everything he does. And uh, it's pretty cool to watch. Definitely. I want to touch on a couple of things that I thought had some, some pretty, uh, direct and, and interesting impact with uh, with most of our audience. And, and first of all, your college career, right? You uh, you know out of Allentown High School, good career at Allentown, part of the uh, 
you know, growth of that program to the point where it is now, where it's a state title contender every year. Um, you know, you, you commit to St. Joe's, right? I mean, it was, it was a lot of connections there. It was, uh, it was a pretty neat thing. Great coaching staff. You were there for about 30 seconds, I think, on the grand scheme of things. Yeah. We realized it yeah. wasn't, wasn't the right fit and, and transferred to TCNJ. And it was a tremendous fit, tremendous decision. You know, like I said, conference player of the year. And I think we all know how good the NJAC is. Two yeah. titles, lifetime of, of incredible friends. What was it that, that kind of clicked in your mind that that was the right path? And, you know, what would you say to, to guys who are in that D1 or else mode in high school? They think they're a, a failure of some sort if they're not a D1 guy. Yeah, so I, like I, 100%. St. Joe's was my dream school when I was younger because my dad was the basketball announcer growing up. I grew up, I still have a St. Joe's picture in my room from and they were number Nelson. one in the country, right? He was oh, doing yeah, yeah. yeah. I was, I'll never forget the game against Oklahoma State where they lost yeah. in the Elite Eight. But uh, yeah, so I was a, I was St. Joe's through and through and um, coming out of school, I committed going into my senior year and you can ask anybody. I was all in everybody yeah. in my, like we had all these St. Joe's equipment and everything. And then I was always uh, like, I was always, I love being home. Like I love being around my family and stuff like that. And I always tell people, even if I went to TCNJ originally, I might have left anyway. I just wasn't mature enough, I think to uh, go to school. And I think that's a case with a lot of guys. Like you don't know exactly what you want to do. And even if you think you do, it might not be what you thought it was going to turn out to be. And it's, D1 or bust is a really tough way to look at things because you're really limiting yourselves to some really good programs and some really good coaches and things like that, I think kind of are tough because as a kid, like you see these things, you want to play division one. And the toughest thing for me to do, like, or see people do is like completely turn an eye to like a division three coach or something like that. And not even have a kind of a relationship with him because first time I talked to coach Gluss was when I was a sophomore in high school and he loved me. He liked me as a pitcher and, I didn't pitch my junior or senior year of high school at all. And so we had that connection kind of just very small. I went on a visit and we kept in touch, but I don't know what it was when my brother went there. I'd, I'd gone to one game. My brother didn't really play that much, but I'll tell anybody he's the best teammate you'll ever have. And I saw the relationships and the things that he made at TCNJ and I loved the group that they were with. And I don't know what it was, but when I got to, T or to St. Joe's, it just, I mentally wasn't, it wasn't the fit for me. And I honestly am very happy. I made the decision when I did, I stayed for a total of six days. And then I went to the Phillies game. Actually, I met with my, sat with my dad. And I, I was like, I, I can't, I can't do it. And he's like, what do you mean? And I got, he's like, where do you want to go? And there's a picture of my brother. And I just pointed at him. And I was like, I want to go to TCNJ. So obviously you can't talk to coaches at that point. Cause I was still at school. And so my brother, like, obviously was kind of a facilitator almost at this. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to leave. And I told him that, and he was like, are you sure? And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm going to do it. So I went to Mercer for a semester and, and just even being able to, once I was then at Mercer, then being able to talk to coach Gluss and Brett Miller was there at the time, who uh, was one of my high school coaches and Legion coaches. And so there was a lot of connections there and um, things. My, the other thing is my whole family went there. <laughs> my two younger sisters are there right now. And my youngest sister's a freshman and she is the 20th member of our family to go to TCNJ. So we all end up there at some point. My brother started off at Syracuse and then transferred in and 
uh, I kind of followed in his footsteps doing the same thing. But yeah, you talk about a perfect fit and couldn't have found a more perfect fit. Like TCNJ was 100% the place that I should have been and that I wanted to be at. And the moment that I decided, like when I left St. Joe's, that I wanted to go to TCNJ, my everything in my mind kind of clicked. Like I was just everything kind of like seemed a little more free. Like I was able to just go and play again. Like, and the cool thing was like when I told coach Gloss I want to come back, he goes, I want you to pitch too. So I was like, to me, like that kind of made it like a kid, like a kid again. Cause I loved to pitch yeah. when I was younger and I had elbow surgery when I was really young and I never really did again. And for me, that was the coolest thing is like being able to have fun with it and going in as a two way and doing different things, but able to come in as a freshman uh, in January and, they were 18 and 18, they think the year before. And then after that, like, I think we ended up graduating the second winningest class in school history and completely attributed to the guys in front of us. Like that senior class when we were freshmen, like I didn't know these guys at all and like knew them for a week and they completely like bought in and like bring you under your shoulder. And uh, even the guy, my brother's grade was CJ Gerhardt, a local guy, Ben Barone, Alex Christian, like it was a small senior class when we were sophomores, but our junior class was just the same. Like you stepped up every year to be a leader. And I think you see, I think something that's interesting is you see so many coaches from our area that went to TCNJ. And I think it's kind of the tradition almost of like coach Iacono's over at Nottingham coach. Nice at TCNJ. Now you got coach Gallack down in Stockton, who's probably going to be one of the best coaches in this area coming down to it. He is mm -hmm. awesome. And that program, another one in the NJAC watch out for Stockton in the next five years. Cause that he's going to, He's going to make them something down there. And um, the, you talk about the talent level and the end jack, and I could literally talk forever about it because like you got guys everywhere transferring in, like not everybody finds their perfect fit. And you go to a place like you think division three baseball sometimes, but it, I tell people it's a divi different division three baseball up here. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's legit. And you're uh, like for us, the end jack winning the end jack was almost like winning a, like a regional world series. Like it, it means that much around here and be able to do it twice. Like you said, uh, pretty proud of that. And uh, definitely something that we talk about pretty often. Yeah. It's pretty cool now to see the, you know, the, the resurgence with the, with the Northern schools, you know, Montclair with, uh, with coach Lorber back up there. Um, you know, William Patterson's picked it up the last couple of years again. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think they both have a, a little ways to go because they were, national champ teams in in, in my yeah. situation but but still to see them make that build back you know uh Ramapo obviously in recent yeah. years um Bro. You know, Owen is always a, a stud team there with with you know with that area is just loaded and and yeah. see, you said with uh to see Rich down at Stockton they're gonna they're gonna do things they've never done before um yeah pretty cool you know to to, to you know it's not really a you know, it was always a really good conference, but still top heavy. And now it's like there, there literally are no easy games, you know, there are no easy games. And I, I think one big thing, like our area, Mercer County area, like growing up, like there is some crazy talent in this area. And I think one of the hardest things is to keep the talent here. And like, yeah, it's division three, but even like you see a rider now, like when I was there, like I'm bringing coach Petrowski, like a local guy and they are sweeping this area up and getting guys that yeah. are legit dudes from this area and like you can keep the guys around here at Ryder at Rutgers at even seeing all yeah if you can keep everybody around like this is a stack and in any sport it's a stack state and it's something that uh 
I think kind of makes me like kind of one of the reasons I want to get into coaching almost just because you want to you see like those guys from our area and like I was able to help out at Allentown this past year and um, helping like talking to guys about where they want to go and like getting them a couple guys going to TCNJ now just I found out last week one of the guys Mike Doran is going most likely going to TCNJ and I was fired up about it like yeah just seeing the guys stay local and um, fun because you're going to have success at these places and find places that you can play right away. Like I talk about my brother with broadcasting it's in the same way, Syracuse, huge broadcasting school. He would have never seen a game on behind the, or behind a mic until junior year. Right. You go to TCNJ, he's the lead play-by-play guy as a sophomore. So yeah. it's all about opportunities. Same thing with baseball. Who knows how many opportunities you get at division one level right away, but you go to division three, you're going to get a, You might get at bats right away and you're going to find a lot more success and, like you said, if you play well, then you go play in a good summer league or you go play in a good uh, talk to another coach and maybe you grad transfer somewhere. But you'll like if you are good enough, you will be found. And uh, I think that's kind of one of the lost perceptions of uh, Division three baseball and even Juco at this point. Juco is stacked like Mercer's always been in this area. So good. And Brookdale, too, and Gloucester. And I think all these teams are kind of really building their own armies and I think it's kind of cool to see everybody going from wherever they were and building it up but you said those teams that were really good in the NJAC now they've started to struggle a bit and they're coming back and I think it's cool to see like how you said it's not just top heavy anymore in these conferences it's kind of balancing out yeah yeah a couple other things uh Monday we're we're sharing our holiday episode about the Miracle League about uh Mercer Community College uh, Mercer County Community College's involvement and TCNJ's involvement with the Miracle League and how special that is and one of the or really the person that coach Gloss attributes most of or at least starting TCNJ's involvement is you tell us about that what it meant to you to be able to start you know to really kind of get into that and and you know why the Miracle League was such a big thing for you to get, you know, TCNJ into. Yeah. So I think one of the biggest things is it's local and it's like around us and talk about the guys on our team from around here, myself at that time, I, when I was a senior myself, the Fisher twins, Danny Borup, all CVC guys. Um, we got other like Tom Perzichetti, Wally, Jake Simon, so many local guys that when we were here, we like, we knew each other growing up and all this stuff. And I actually played T-ball at Sawmill. Like that's where I first started playing baseball because I was too young to play at Allentown. So I started playing baseball at Sawmill where the uh, Miracle League is. And my younger cousin from Hamilton, she's been working with the Miracle League. She's uh, for years now. And she kind of talked to me about it and told me about the baseball aspect. So I was like, yeah, we, we could try to get some guys there because I mean, for these kids to see us college players there, even to us, it didn't seem like a big thing. It was so cool to them. And like to see their smiles and stuff like that, like it was honestly way more than any of us kind of expected it to be. And some of us were there for a couple of weeks. We did a whole program. I think it was eight weeks or something like that. And um, it still continued to this day. And I think it's awesome because it started off as a thing that we thought we might go help out for a night or something. And it every like we kind of just got hooked. And Dan's been so great. I mean, that place, talk about building an empire, that place is unbelievable. Over at, If you've seen the Miracle League field, if, if you haven't, I would 100% look it up. The things that he does over there are incredible. And he gives these kids so many different resources and gives them so many opportunities. And uh, Aiden last week going, uh, I know Aiden from Millstone Rec, I believe, and going down to Texas with the Miracle yeah. League. It was so cool to see him do that. And um, 
yeah, I mean, seeing these kids with smiles on their faces and uh, when they actually hit in and hit a home run or something, just the joy. And uh, Gary Otten, who's a year younger than me, he talked about taking it and running with it. That kid, he was all about it. He's from Staten Island. He would drive an hour and a half every Wednesday night to meet up with them. Even a year after when I was gone and was playing, he was there every week making sure that it was still going smoothly. And uh, it's kind of cool to see that kind of pass down and I'm still carrying on that tradition. Definitely. Um, give you a chance to, to talk about 609 gloves a little bit. We'll go side yeah. hustle for a few seconds. We see some yeah. gloves in a lot the background. Of gloves behind me. Yeah, and so I've always been a huge glove guy. I've loved gloves my entire life, and I always would get a new one. And one of my favorite things to do, this is one of my old ones here. Um, it's completely ripped apart because I'm fixing it, but like I colored in it with black, and I would always like to try to change things on it, like customize it, like this. As they all fall, this one changed the wet, uh, the patch on it. So different things. I've always kind of like customized gloves. And during quarantine, I was just kind of looking for stuff to do. And I started cleaning gloves and conditioning them and getting them ready and then relacing. So it got to a point where everybody was like, nope, like you got to start posting it so people see and not on just your Instagram. So uh, the Instagram name is 609 underscore gloves. And uh, anything like whether it's relacing, whether it's cleaning, uh, go check out the different videos because even if it's a glove I got my dad's glove over here from when he was in eighth grade that he uh caught the home run with a couple years ago yeah. and I'm relacing for him right now so uh even if it's a glove that like you had when you were a kid that has no use anymore just fixing it up or something but uh or now changing the lace colors just uh you can dm me or reach out no like it's a small little thing right now I'm just I love doing it honestly because it keeps me busy right now rehabbing my foot but uh, it's cool. I mean, I like to, I've been sending out different ones. I got different ones for sale too. So uh, if anybody's interested or likes gloves, uh, definitely check it out. One last story. Well, I'll, I'll answer one last question. Growing up in the, in the Phillies clubhouse, um, favorite player, favorite player, not just to watch, but kind of be able to relate, you know, to, to talk to, to you know, that, that maybe we don't know about was a, a pretty cool guy. Uh, I think growing up, my favorite players were actually always the people that, for that reason, that were the people that kind of had the best relationship with or that were the most open with me. And, uh, like, physically playing-wise, growing up, I loved Scott Rowland. I loved the way – like, it, and honestly, the reason I loved I loved his glove. He had a really cool Mizuno glove, and I loved it growing up. And same with Jimmy Rollins, his Nike glove. But my favorite players growing up were Shane Victorino. And actually, he doesn't really know this, but Kevin Franson, the – uh, radio guy for the Phillies right now was 100% one of my favorite players because those were the guys and same with Jimmy Rollins like the three of them if they saw me over on the field like just standing by the dugout like they would just come over and even just like talk for five minutes but just those guys like it's so cool to like see those guys like in a different element like the guys you see on TV I still get starstruck 100% whenever I go around these players even if I've been around them my entire life and Jimmy now one of my dad's broadcast partners I still get starstruck when I see him in in the booth and stuff like that but yeah Kevin Franson I'll never forget when um because he was just such a good guy when he's with the Phillies and when he went to the Nationals like he would, there was one day he literally came out of the clubhouse like they weren't taking BP that day but he came out and talked to me in the stands and uh some cool things like that and like uh Pat and I were one time able to be bat boys down in spring training uh in 2008 as actually the Rays versus the Phillies preview of the World Series that year. But uh, yeah, things like that, like growing up, the just never forget being around those guys and just seeing those 
small little things that uh, kind of stick with you. All right, I, I lied. I got one more thing I wanted to touch on because I yeah, think it's really, it's really cool and, and I know we're uh, pushing time, so I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> one of the things that I always admired um, about your dad and, and certainly your mom because she's had to do so much mm. you know, through the years, but was, was that, you know, your dad was always doing, it seemed like about 400 different events a year, <laughs> but also always seemed to be there you know, yeah. as much as possible, certainly for, for you, for Pat at, at, at games. And that's where my biggest association would be. But, you know, amazing, great role model, just, the, you know, how much it meant to because, you know, you know, after after you're, you grow up a little bit, you know, he's not going to be there that yeah. road a lot, but but still to have him around so much. Yeah, I mean, that was definitely one of the coolest things to be able to even talk about now and like kind of realize and Pat talks about all the time is. When we were younger, like if he had an off, didn't matter where he was in the country, if he had one off day, he would literally fly home from wherever that city was, yep. spend the day with us, even if we didn't have a game or anything, and then fly home, back to that city. And like just small things like that, we don't think about it like at the right. time or anything like that. But he literally didn't take the team plane. He bought his own ticket, came home, went back. And just like those small sacrifices that I think we never really realized. But at the same time, like you almost get like we would get annoyed with it when we were younger. but the moment the game ended, we had a text waiting for us, like talking about anything that happened in the game. He knew everything that happened, like to a T. He'll say like, oh, this, like his dad texted me or like, oh no, mom told me or something like that. And I'm like, how did you like, one swing that I took, like you can't see the game or anything. Like, how are you commenting on that? But it is unbelievable to see. And you talk about my mom and we'll all say she's the rock star of the family. I mean, when we were growing up, it didn't matter where it was. She was the one bringing us there. My cousins also. And she still to this day is she she's so over the tournaments and stuff like that. Like my my sister got the short end of the stick because she's playing. I uh, was playing field hockey in high school. My mom hated going to these tournaments and stuff. She goes, I did 12 years of it when I was younger, if not more. I'm not doing it anymore. But yeah, I mean, it, her being able to do everything that she did while he was gone. But uh, like you said, him being involved with everything, uh, it was. And we kind of say to this day, like, try to go to any of our little siblings games whenever we can, because our cousins did the, or our little cousins and because uh, our cousins did the same thing for us. And he's doing the same thing. He's any t weekend he gets, he gets to go over and watch my little cousin play football or something like that. So uh, I think it's you don't realize he's like, he's obviously not there all the time, but when he's there, you always hear his presence. You always hear him before you say him too. <laughs> Absolutely. Tommy McCarthy, thank you so much for your time today. We appreciate the stories. Certainly wish you the best. Rehab will hopefully go quick. We'll get you back to, uh, to good old Gary, Indiana as soon as possible and get you out playing like you should be and, you know, willing to, willing to put those announcer days off for a little bit or coach. Or yeah. You play while you can still. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Tom McCarthy, our guest, Jersey Baseball Show, today's holiday edition. We look forward to seeing everyone next time.